High school hockey fans in Wisconsin, it is time for another edition of This Week in Wisconsin Prep Hockey. Mike Hammett here, along with William Berg, Bill Berg, and Delmar Scanlon, our uh, panel of know-it-alls here to take you through the show tonight. And uh, let's go ahead and get things started. Let's talk about the games of the week that we had. Uh, Del, you were getting a little uh, traveling time in. Janesville was at Wanakee, and Rock County was playing Badger Lightning, kind of up in your neck of the woods. So you went to see those games. What would you see? Well, on Saturday, I made the trip to Wanakee, where I saw Janesville travel up there to play. And first period, game started out, and it was the fundamentals came into play as the Bluebirds used the outlet pass to perfection to score the first goal of the game and lead one to nothing. And it was from sitting in the stands, a player from the Bluebirds took the puck along the far boards, made the pass to the guy in the middle, who passed it over to the near boards, which was uh, Jake Schaffner, who skated in and scored the first goal of the game. And then a little bit later, it was Wanakee answering where McCarthy Reed took the puck behind the net, passed it into the low slot, who found his teammate on the back door and just put the puck right in uh, to tie the game at one at the end of two periods. The second period, though, that belonged to Wanakee. It was all hustle. They, any loose puck that was out there, they were beating the Bluebirds to it and did it to the to score six goals in the second period to be up seven to one at the end of two. And then the third period, of course, we were at runtime. Nobody scored and Wanakee went on to win the game seven to one. Uh, the, I've gotten to see Wanakee play quite a few times over the past few years because of being in the Badger Conference and having played against RWD being in that conference when my kids played hockey and everything else. And I go, Wanakee has continued to impress every year. And this year it is no exception. Uh, got to talk to Coach Olson at the, after the game was over. And he brought up the point that, you know, every year they've had, you know, some scores but he really feels this year he's got a com- the complete team, you know, and everybody's working there as team teamwork and everybody's feeding off of each other. And, you know, you guys all know how that teamwork works. And, you know, when you just have a few scores or something, it, it makes a difference when it's all gelling as a team. Dell, I can tell you that I know a couple of times when Wanakee would get into the sectional final, the question was, was going to be goaltending for him? And that's what it turned out to be. So Coach Olson, you know, if he's feeling he's got pretty good uh, netminder, then, um, you know, they're probably going to go far in the playoffs. Uh, you know, it's going to be looking good. They, they lost their second game of the season uh, to Fond du Lac. That was a 6-5 to five loss. But since then, they're currently riding an 11-game win streak. Hmm. And so, and with that, we'll, we can talk about this girls' game of the week, which happened Let's to do be it. twenty miles away from me, over in Baraboo. And it was Rock County Fury made the trip up 
to take on the Badger Lightning. And the Lightning uh, took a penalty early in the first period, but it proved not to have an effect on the game. But Rock County did score late in the first period uh, to take a one nothing lead at the end of the first period. There was no scoring in the second. Rock County ends up scoring two goals to go up three to nothing in the third. And Badger Lightning scored with a little over, a little under two minutes remaining in the game. Uh, Rock County pulls out a three to one victory. Uh, impressive thing here is uh, Olivia Cronin's in, in the net. She did pick up a penalty uh, for tripping. We, and we all know how a goaltender picks up her penalty, his or her penalty. And so it was somebody else on the bench serving it. Uh, she stopped 23 of 24 shots on goal that night. Uh, and Alyssa G Gata, uh for the Badger Lightning, she stopped 27 of 30. So both goalies had a decent game in that. And, you know, it just what was that the Rock County was able to use their offense to end up winning this game. Rock County's had some players that could put the puck away in the last couple of years, but uh, with graduation, I mean, we know how high school uh, seasons go, and they just haven't been able to refill that uh, that void of all the scoring that they had that uh, that uh, left due to graduation. So, work to be done there, and uh, you know, with a senior goalie, they're going to have work to be done next year to replace Olivia Cronin, who's a pretty good goaltender. In fact, Olivia Cronin's a very good athlete. Well, you, you, we talked a little bit before uh, we started tonight, and we talked a little bit about Emma Clagora. And I got to see her play against the Metro Lynx, and she's another one of those players that hustle on the ice all the time. Uh, she was able to score their goal against the Lynx, and she picked up two assists on this evening. So, I mean, she's one of those hustle players that you see on the ice. She's a scrappy little thing. And uh, she's played, this is her first year of high school, you know, throughout the COVID season. She's played with the boys all the way up. So uh, she's played a little bit different level, and she's brought that little bit different of a level uh, to the Fury this year. And... Uh, looking like one of their best players, if not their leading scorer. So, you know, good for Emma. She's only a sophomore, and she's got a sister coming in next year named Ava. And uh, three-to-one win, huh? Three-to-one win for Rock County Fury on Friday evening. Okay. Thanks, Del, for that synopsis on both the boys' and girls' games. Burglar's going to tell us about our Players of the Week, the Radisson Madison Players of the Week. Uh, yeah, before, Bill, we... before I do that, uh, Bill and I went to cover a game. Of, uh, Superior came down to was coming down to Stevens Point uh, to play the Spash Panthers, and Bill and I made the trip down to Stevens Point, and the rink was dark. <laughs> Why? Uh, apparently, the the game got postponed at uh, the last minute because of uh, COVID protocols, uh, oh. so we didn't get to see the game because they didn't play it. Yeah, Spash was postponed on Friday and their game against Lakeland on Saturday. These any things make, happen. Any makeup dates? 
I haven't looked. Um, I just checked the schedule before we went down there and the game was still on. And yeah, we got to a dark rink. It was exciting. Okay. Well, yeah. they're not conference games, so I guess they don't really have to make them up. Well, we thought it was kind of silly. Anyway, uh, a seven o'clock game on a Friday night. Uh, it's a five hour drive from Superior down to Stevens Point. We thought we looked, we checked Superior's schedule to see if maybe they were playing somebody else down here on Saturday and they were not. So they were going to, you know, spend 10 hours on a bus to play a, a hockey game. Um, so I don't know mm. if they'd be in a hurry to reschedule that anyway. Okay. All right. Well, we're talking about players of the week and you we are. are. We are. The Radisson Madison uh, players of the week. A couple of goalies this time uh, from on Alaska, Diana Hansen, goaltender on Tuesday. She had 20 saves allowed one goal and a four to one win over Lakeshore on Friday, 26 saves allowed two goals and a four to two win over USM. And on Saturday, uh, only had to stop seven pucks to get the shutout and a seven, nothing win over the Badger lightning. So uh, do the math on that, and it was uh, a lot of saves and only three goals allowed for Diana Hansen of Onalaska. Uh, goalie on the boys' side only had one game this week, um, but uh, his his numbers for the, the season so far uh, back it up. Uh, on Tuesday, uh, he had 53 saves in a 2 to nothing overtime loss uh, to Fond du Lac. Um, Tyler Frommeltz of Wapan has faced 50 or more shots in six of his 10 games this season and is still boasting a 930 save percentage. Um, sees a lot of pucks, stops most of them. Uh, Tyler Frommeltz, uh, we remember him from last year. He was a good goaltender last year. He hasn't dropped off at all this year for Wapan. Uh, and those are our Radisson Madison players of the week. As I was saying off the air, it's Wapon has had back to back talented goaltenders when they had Caleb Sauer come through before uh, Tyler Frummel. So, oh, Wapon's uh, had some good goalies and just, you know, uh, just not enough offense to go with it at this point. Well, enough out of me. Let's talk about those top sixes, uh, D1, D2, and the girls. And Bill Jr., you tabulate every single week. And uh, with Hudson losing to Eau Claire North in overtime, what happens? Does anything really shake out different? Well, it's a big boost for Eau Claire North. Um, and before I get started, there are no unanimous number ones this week. Um, I believe that's the uh, first time that we've had, had zero unanimous number ones. Um, Hudson is number one overall still in D1. That loss did not remove them from, from the top spot. Uh, but Eau Claire Memorial is now nipping at their heels. They're still in the second spot. Notre Dame Academy moved up one to the third spot. Eau Claire North was not ranked last week. They jump all the way up to the fourth spot. Uh, Nina Hortonville Menasha drops two spots to fifth and Madison Edgewood drops one spot to sixth. Uh, that means that Wanaki dropped out of the top six this week. 
Uh, they'll be playing Madison Edgewood later this week, so they're going to get their shot. Uh, D2, uh, St. Mary Springs is still number one. Uh, Rice Lake also picked up a first-place vote. They are second. Amory moved up a spot to third. New Richmond is still fourth. Mosinee was unranked last week. They move into the fifth spot, and Oregon drops four spots all the way from second down to sixth. And then in the girls' spot, the only movement this week was that Bay Area and Fox Cities switched. Uh, Last week, Fox Cities was number one. Bay Area was number two. This week, uh, Bay Area is number one, and Fox Cities is number two. Uh, Central Wisconsin is third. St. Croix Valley is fourth. Madison Metro Lynx is fifth. And Western Wisconsin Stars are sixth. Uh, Those three through six are the same as they were last week. Um, And I don't think either Bay Area or Fox Cities did anything to earn a promotion or demotion. It's just uh, not every coach votes every week. And a different selection of coaches has Bay Area 1 and Fox Cities 2. And some coaches have Fox Cities 1 and Bay Area 2. And it's just you know, which ones voted that week. Um, those two teams, I mean, they've played the last game, the last game they played two overtime, still tied, went to a shutout um, or shootout. You can't really, I mean, you got to pick one, but you, you can't go wrong with either one. So Hudson doesn't fall out of the number one spot. I, think I wouldn't that, have expected them to. No, I would. I wouldn't have either. I wouldn't have either. Um, an overtime loss on the road. I mean, you know, I think it's still, you know, on the road and you lose an overtime at a, you know, good arena, Hobbs, you know, and a North team that's always, you know, it's been pretty loaded the last couple of years. So, and yeah, uh, North has been, they've been, they've received votes just about every week. They haven't cracked the top six, but they've been getting votes. And I mean, Hudson has still got, Wins over Edgewood, Verona, Chippewa Falls, Eau Claire Memorial, Notre Dame Academy. I mean, they've Hudson's beaten most of the they've beaten most of the rest of the list already, so it's hard to to knock them out of that spot. Hudson's also got another date with Eau Claire Memorial coming up, and I believe another one with Eau Claire North. This week they have Chippewa Falls and Superior. Um Next week, they have Eau Claire Memorial. The week after that, they have Wausau West in New Richmond. Uh, so they've got they've got a good, tough schedule coming up. And they'll get to take on Eau Claire North again February 8th. But now that you know that happened, I got to look it up. And well, Hudson already had a loss. They lost to Gentry Academy in Minnesota. But the last undefeated uh, team to run the wire undefeated was Eau Claire Memorial in 2008. Ended up going... 27 and 0 that season. No. Something William, that thing. Did you say that when in that game with Hudson and Eau Claire North, that when they went into overtime, Eau Claire North actually had a five on three power play going on? That's what I saw from uh, Bob Radovich, uh, the play by play guy over there um, in Eau Claire. Um, that's what he said uh, on his Twitter feed. I didn't get to watch the game, but yeah, he said that. Uh, the the o- overtime opened with uh, Hudson having two guys in the box. Um, apparently, they did manage to kill that off, but uh, North managed to to score with one forty eight left in that first overtime period. It's going to make for an interesting sectional there. Well, that's just a brutal sectional to begin with. Mm-hmm. I would agree with that. Um. As we talked about Madison Edgewood, Madison Edgewood and Wanakee are going to play this week. 
Um, so Edgewood's going to be putting that ranking on the line as well. Well, that might even be our game of the week. Oh, well, well, look at that. That's up next in the notes. Upcoming games of the week. Thursday, Wisconsin Valley Union's going to take on Northland Pines in girls' action. And this is the- this is more a grudge match than anything. Those two teams don't like each other. And, and that may have just been Trasher. You know, <laughs> Pines didn't like Trasher and Trasher didn't like Pines and that rubbed off on everybody else or I don't know. But it was always a, a very big grudge match when Trasher was still around and his daughter was still playing. Yeah. You, yep. The f- famous bubbles, bubbles in net. Um, Saturday, Edgewood versus Wanakee. I know uh, when Verona went up there and played Wanakee, it was a pretty good crowd there, and I probably can expect more of that, especially when your team's on an 11-game winning streak against a, uh, a rival. And that's oh, part yeah, of yeah. A, a pretty cool event. They're calling it the Badger Challenge. The Badger East and Badger West, they're taking their, their standings as they are in the season and fighting it out. Um, so Wanakee is on the top of the, the Badger East. Edgewood is on the top of the Badger West. They're going to be playing each other. The second place teams in the two will be playing each other. Uh, one team gets left out because the Badger East does have seven teams versus the six in the Badger West. But I think that's a pretty cool uh, in-season event. Uh, yeah. We've talked about we've talked about stuff like that on the podcast before. We're like, if two of the eight team conferences opened their season with kind of like, uh, I always likened it to the old, uh, NCAA basketball, the Big Ten versus ACC challenge. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know if I don't know if they still do that, but I always kind of likened it to that, where you take like the number one teams from the year before and they open their season against each other, and then the number twos, and it's kind of a big thing. Uh, I kind of like that they're doing that in the Badger Badger Conference this year, East and West. Yeah, what did uh, what, what, what did McFarland do to get left out of that? Because because they're, they're in the middle of the standings, is that why they're? I don't know oh, how they decided. Somebody to. had to. Yeah. Um, you know, the thing is, is we usually don't do uh, teams, you know, especially week, back-to-back weeks of uh, being the game of the week. And yes, Wanakee is this week, but it is partially because it's the bad, Badger challenge going on. But the second thing is, is, you know, it's two conference first-place teams taking each other on uh, for that. And while that game is being played at 7.30 Saturday evening, I do plan on being there starting at 2.30 and catching two of the other games that are going on at the Key rink. And then they have three three of those uh, Badger Challenge games are being played at the Oregon rink that day at the same time. And I'll have to talk to my mother to see if she wants the kids, but Eau Claire <laughs> Memorial and Notre, and, and Notre Dame are playing on Friday here at Marathon Park and on Alaska and Wasa West are playing on Friday here at Marathon Park, so we might. And, still then, and then on on Saturday, the the two of that the the two winners play each other on Saturday, and the two losers play each other. So it is yeah. a, a small four team tournament. That yeah, I think we're going to have to um, get up to this. This may end up being the the weekend that she you know she takes your kids this month. Well, that will be good because Monday. Oh yeah. I'll be on the podcast next Monday, but I'm not talking because my wisdom teeth are coming out. Aye. Uh, all of them. So that's, that's, that's on my schedule for I one's already gone. That's on my schedule for next Monday. 
Oh, one's already gone, so you know what to expect. Yeah. This time they're going to knock me out, though. Well, guys, that's the beginning of our uh, things that we normally cover. We got a thought section, open forum. Um, One of the things brought up here in our open forum discussion is uh, coaching your kids. And Junior, um, I think that's something you wanted to bring up. Yeah, it caught me completely off guard. You know, I've heard Burglar tell the story about being Coach Grandpa on our favorite official, Nikki Clays's, uh, when she was playing high school hockey, one of her summer teams, he became Coach Grandpa because girls are mean. Um, but it completely <laughs> caught me off guard that, you know, I'm coaching, helping coach mini mites here in uh, DC Everest Youth Hockey. And, you know, they're going through their stations. You know, we have six stations on the ice for Learn to Skate. And, you know, they get to my station and my daughter who's on the ice calls me daddy. And then all of a sudden another kid calls me daddy and another kid calls me daddy. I'm like, well, that's just not right. You have to stop that. So now I have to have a conversation with my five-year-old daughter. When we're at hockey, you can't call me daddy. You have to call me coach because I don't want a bunch of five-year-olds calling me daddy. That's weird. <laughs> you won't do that. You Why know is she that? Won't. She won't. She, she, no, she, you can't tell her what to do. You can't. She's, she's in charge. She runs the show. I got to say, it is very, I like, I won't, I don't know that I like it more, but you know, it's quite, I, I, like, I like coaching the learn to skate. Like Burglar and I did peewees uh, back when I was in high school. And like, they talk back and have opinions on stuff. I don't know. Learn to skate. It's much easier. Like those kids are like smiling and having fun. And if it's they really get fun. bored, they if they get bored, they drop on the ice and do snow angels and yeah, they sit down and mess around. But like, you can find kids like I've I've gotten pretty good at picking out the kids on the ice that I can trick into doing a drill that they don't want to do just mm-hmm. by making a game out of it. You know, like the, the this the last weekend, I was on the station where they they turn their sticks over and they have to put a ring on the end of their stick and stick handle it on the ice. Um, so it's like a rubber ring, you know, it's on, it's, it's, it's really hard for them to lose it, but like kids don't move around. They're just like, so focused on, you know, not losing it, that they're not moving around and stuff until coach skates by and says, I'm going to take that ring. And then they start taking off in every direction because they don't want you to take their ring. So you just chase them around the ice, tapping your stick, like you're going to take it. And all of a sudden a kid who is just standing there, you know, moving a stick back and forth is skating around doing the same thing you know and if if if, if he's holding a stick tilt you'll okay i'm going to go to his left now he has to go right okay now i'm going to go to his right now he has to go left um yeah learn to skate i I think is really fun i think everybody should coach learn to skate if they're going to coach at some point then the kid after you take it away turns around gives you a two-handed slash right across the calves well i don't ever actually take it that's the thing I never actually take it. I just tell them I'm going to, and it becomes a game, and then they they really enjoy it. That's funny. <laughs> we got a guy down here in Janesville who does learn to skate, uh, learn to play hockey every year. Guy's a guy was there for uh, Mason when he started, and he still does it every Sunday morning. That guy goes down there, and he has more fun with the kids, and he uh, – actually does barrel rolls on the ice with the kids, teaching kids how to 
you know, get up from uh, falling down from skating. And, uh, you know, I'll tell you the guy, his name is Matt Bloomquist and he's, he's been coaching for years and he just loves coaching little kids and the little kids have a lot of fun with him. And, you know, Mason, when he hit his uh, last year of Bantams, uh, Matt was his coach. So it kind of, it came full circle that, uh, you know, first coach and last coach and youth hockey. And, you know, they were very familiar with each other by then, I guess, to make a long story short. I think Anago had, I think Jim Seekert in Anago coached, well, I don't know what they called it at the time. Mini so the, the Might B team, the, the second, that was back when yeah. we everybody still did the traveling mites but yeah he was he was a coach of that team forever rink rats yeah uh, he you know he was the he was yeah and i think that's good i think that's good for associations to get away from um, parent coaches as the head coach at each level like if you can have a steady coach who's kind of there every year i think that's that's better than having parents out there because i don't want a bunch of kids calling me daddy and I'm sure most other coaches don't either. <laughs> well, yeah, and I, I've seen it where you have, you know, a parent or a, a couple of parents, you know, who, who team up and like they're coaching this their kids all the way through. So those kids, only, you know, they only have that one coach for hockey all the way through youth hockey. You know, it's like, well, he was our squirt coach. He was our PB coach. He's our Bantam coach. Um, you know, you see, so you're basically, you end up doing the same things every year, the same drills, the same philosophy, the same everything. It's, uh, it gets old. It's really hard especially at the higher levels, you know, mites, it's one thing, but you're, you know, peewees, bantams, it's hard to coach your own kid because there's three ways to coach your own kid. You know, brother, I'm talking about, you can either be harder on your kid than everybody else, harder on everybody else than your kid or you treat everybody the same. And there are very, very few parent coaches who do that third option where they treat everybody the same, whether they're conscious about it or not. Either they're harder on their kid or they're softer on their kid. It's just, it's just a nature of being a parent. So, you know, like I don't, I wasn't planning on coaching Learn to Skate this year. I helped out last year. I wanted Lorelai to get on the ice without me um, and just do it. But then they asked, you know, if any of the parents could, could help out again this year. And so I, since they asked, I said, yes, but I don't, I have no plan of coaching her, you know, all the way through. I don't want to do that. I want her to do it without me. Plus, you know, we get done with hockey practice and I ask her if she had fun and she says, yes. And then I say, I had fun too. And she says, parents aren't supposed to have fun. So. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. Oh man. Um, what else we got here that we want to? We oh, well, yeah, up. we need to talk about the the website again. How we re uh, had the website remodeled uh, to make it more mobile friendly. Since about three quarters of our viewership comes from mobile devices now. Um, one unexpected thing that that happened from this is we. Uh, we lost most of our advertise, advertising and, and along with that, we lost uh, our advertising revenue. Um, so we're going to have to ask for, uh, we'll put a thing up, we're going to have to ask for donations again if we're going to be able to go out and cover the state tournament. 
because usually that's what our advertising revenue pays for. Um, you know, we have to uh, get do all our setup and hotels and everything for the state tournament. And I don't know that the advertising revenue is going to cover it this year. So, um, you know, if you're your booster club or your association or something um, uh, likes our, our, our hockey coverage and wants to help us uh, provide the, the covers that we normally do for the state tournament, um, we'll get the advertising or a donation button up there. Uh, we'll have to do something different with that character award thing. We'll get the donation button back up there. But uh, yeah, we're going to need a little extra boost if we're going to be able to cover the state tournament this year because that's kind of expensive um, to get all of us in there and hotels and whatnot. So anything you can do, uh, we would appreciate. Looking here, they have a bracket here on the Waha um, Twitter feed. Jesus, why didn't you guys tell me I was sitting down so low? Fidgeting. Second round of finding the coldest rink in Wisconsin. Voting is up on Facebook and Instagram stories. Waha has a bracket going of the coldest rinks in Wisconsin. I'm going to see if I can pull that up here and I vote for Eagle River. Why is that? Because it's cold? Because the roof is made out of wood and it's not insulated? Actually, um, the other one in Eagle River is colder. The roof is made out of of metal and it's also not insulated. And it it is colder than the dome. Uh, uh, Hayward was always cold. Uh, Medford is always cold. I was going to say Mosinee was always cold, but back when I used to play there, it still didn't have walls. Yeah. It has walls now. Well, the bracket has popped up here. The problem is I can't get it. I can't get it up here on this. Um, Polls to vote are on Facebook and Instagram stories. That's where that's where it's at. Oh, here, here we go. Here we go. Okay. Top bracket, Dodgeville gets an immediate next round. Beloit and Altoona battle it out. Reedsburg, Cumberland battle it out. Price, Ice, and Viroqua. Where where's the cube, guys? That's that's the the second rank at Northland or in Eagle River. Is it? Okay. Yeah. Baraboo and Mosinee. Now I've been to Baraboo's rink. That's cold. Dell, you've been there many times. I'm sure you can vouch for that also. It's cold. At least it, this year when I was there, they didn't have the openings on the walls. They used to have little gaps there. Didn't notice them this bad this year. But I can remember going to uh Racka up here, Reedsburg Area Community Arena, and you couldn't see through the glass to watch the kids play hardly because of the f- being covered in ice. Mm-hmm. Medford and Sparta. I've never been to Medford's rink. It's cold. Uh, is it cold? Yep. 
Never been to Sparta's either. Um, and then Appleton and Hayward. Uh, haven't been to either one of those, so I'm guessing missing out. But this is on the Waha uh, Facebook and Instagram. There's a story about it if you want to take part in it and see how the bracket breaks down and see who is the champion of the coldest rink. And I can tell you right now down here in Janesville, I would bet you Beloit's ice is awfully good tonight because it is climate controlled by being outside and it is cold down here. Well, before West Salem got their new rink, they had the meat locker there. And their old their old rink was cold. That, that, that had to be about the coldest rink I'd been to. And I've been to Dodgeville's. And so. Now, Moss and always had the coldest, but then, of course, they had no walls or roof. It was an open rink outside. <laughs> I like a good cold <laughs> rink for, like, one game, but not for, like, a tournament. No. Well, we had that one time when we went to a tournament in uh, Toma when they had the old rink there on the fairgrounds. And that wind would come through the cracks there in the walls. And it was cold, very cold. But, um, there too. what's that? Coached a few games at that rink too. Toma? Yep. Yeah. So anyways, if you want to take part in that, that sounds kind of fun. Uh, we'll have to keep an eye on that and see how that all turns out. So guys, you got anything else you want to, you want to uh, get off your mind? Nope. 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 Me either. It's good so. to have you back, MJ. Well, um, kind of good to be back. It's been a, uh, um, been a been a very difficult time here at my house. Um, the wife being very sick, and um, it's uh, it's not easy. And you know, sometimes it takes me away from this, you know, doing this and covering games and th- things that I love. But I have to, uh, you know, take care of things at home. So um, it's good to be back. Maybe a little bit more of normalcy in my life. So. Um, I appreciate the comment very, very much because um, just trying to get back to a normal life after uh, I don't know what we've been through here. So that being said, guys, we done this time. Okay. 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 All right. Give Lori right. our best. What's that? Give Lori our best. Give Lori our best. Okay. She's out there. Um, I will let her know. So for Bill, William, Delmar, and myself. Thanks for listening. And uh, we'll catch you next week here on This Week in Wisconsin Prep Hockey.